Good morning and welcome to Easter here at First Lutheran Church as we have been called by God together in order to celebrate this good news that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We cannot say it too often or too much today because uh, that is the bare truth of the matter, that Christ was dead and yet now he lives and that is why we are here to celebrate, for his life becomes our own. This is, of course, the foundation of our Christian hope. This is where our faith comes from, that because Christ lives, so too we shall live, for we have been joined to him in his death and resurrection. That means that death has lost its hold on us, that we have received now the promise of forgiveness, new life, and salvation, and so that we can sing with joy even in the midst of of an old dying world where death seems to keep its grip. By faith, we hold to the promise. We hold to his word. We hold to his resurrection given to us. It is in that spirit that we extend our thanks and greeting to those who are here this morning as well as those who are joining us on our radio, television, or internet broadcasts. We also give thanks to those who make possible the sharing of this service beyond our sanctuary walls and into the world as we uh, attempt to flood the world with the news of Jesus' resurrection. Today's telecast on KSFY is sponsored in honor of the 100th birthday upcoming of Dottie Paulson, which will be celebrated on April 23rd, as well as the 100th birthday of the late Min Paulson to be celebrated on May 11th given by their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Today's broadcast on Kello FM is sponsored in memory of Cora Bonoff through an earnings to a bequest made to the First Lutheran Church Foundation. And finally, we want to extend a uh, big, great big thanks to everyone, uh, both staff and volunteers, who have uh, done so much work over this holiday, uh, this Holy Week season, uh, both serving and getting ready, preparing and planning for all these services. They don't just happen by accident. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into you. So uh, to everyone here uh, that has been part of that, thank you so much for being a part of this. My dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, who sends his Holy Spirit to you this day to bring you once again this unbelievable word, this unbelievable good news, that death itself has died because of the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. For now his life, no longer death, is the one and only certainty that you have. Amen. Well, a death has occurred. And so, early that morning, just at daybreak, when night was turning to day, the women brought their burial spices to the tomb. They expected to find a body. They expected death to reign. They expected what we all expect that dead people are dead because the chasm between life and death finally is one that we cannot bridge. We have no way to go into death and to make life again. So they bring the spices to death in order to cover death. 
and mourn at death. Jesus died, and here they come to the tomb to celebrate his life that is gone, his death that is in front of us. We always have a problem with death. It's not something we can handle or control. It's something that has a power over us, not a power that we can make use of in the world. And we don't know what to do with that, and so we end up trying to fill our lives with meaning and understanding to give ourselves a greater purpose to make sure that death finally means something for us. This is what fiction or legend or myth or even philosophy tries to do to make this life worth it, to fill us with all sorts of fulfillment and meaning so that our lives actually have some staying power, that even after we're gone, we can look back and say, wasn't that a life worthwhile? We're always moving into death in this way. And all the things that we use try to fill, backfill our lives with more and more meaning. Our work, our family, our hobbies, our understandings are all ways that we have to make this life something to behold. That's why they bring the spices, because death finally is that point for us that we cannot go beyond, and so we have to just mourn what was or what could be. We invent all sorts of ways to say that death isn't just the end for us, but we can bridge from this life through death into something else. Perhaps it's a resurrection in spirit. Perhaps we will live on in people's memories. Perhaps they're not really dead if they continue in our hearts as long as we remember what they did. But in fact, Jesus has died, and when people die, there is an end and a break. It is final, or it was final for us. But Jesus arose. They arrived that morning, and they didn't find a body. Instead, they found an empty tomb, and they were perplexed. And this is the first turn of our understanding, right? We don't understand something, and so we start to look for meaning to make sure that it makes sense in our mind. The women were perplexed, and they start to wonder, what could it possibly mean for us that the body is not there, that Death isn't final. Maybe somebody took the body. Maybe we were mistaken about the location. We just don't quite know. And so when we don't know, we're left with all sorts of options and possibilities, thoughts, feelings, and meaning that we can fill into those. Much of theology, of course, is considers only what it means that Jesus died and then rose. But we miss the bare fact of the matter, not the fiction or the philosophy, but the fact is that he died and then he rose. 
He was dead, and now he is alive. And that is beyond meaning or understanding or philosophizing. How far is the chasm between life and death, the old creation and the new? Well, we know there is no bridge that we can make, but we try to fill in the chasm. But our Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah today tries to get at this for us just a little bit. He's creating a whole new creation, one where he is pleased with his people in Jerusalem. That itself would be a miracle, wouldn't it? That God would look down upon his people and say, no more do I remember all of your rebellion and sin, but I am pleased with you. Beyond that, it's the, the ox and the, and the wolf will lie down with the sheep and the lamb. This is fairy tale nonsense. These are things that don't make sense, and they will eat together straw instead of fight and devour one another, instead of run from fear and trembling. Isaiah is trying to get at just how deep the divide is. He's not trying to bring it closer. He's not trying to say, if only we could bring death and life right to that point, then it would be a seamless passage. No, they are far, far away. For what happens in Christ is to bring life after death, not meaning to his life and meaning to his death. Jesus isn't trying to help us understand this. He's trying to tell you and bring you into one simple truth that he is the new creation of God. He was dead. And death was holding him. Death reigned. Death ruled until God raised him. And it shocks and perplexes everyone there. First, they are perplexed, but then the men in dazzling clothes show up and say, why? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has been raised. And then the second turn occurs. They are trembling in fear. The empty tomb, the breaking of the old, does not produce comfort but fear within them. Now, this isn't just fear that we don't understand it, and maybe he's out walking about like a zombie. It's more than the fear that maybe, just maybe, he's going to come back to life and walk around and find you in order to give you revenge, to take his revenge on those who killed him. No, it's a deeper fear than this, I'm afraid. The fear is of the new creation. The fear is that all things old are being forgotten and left behind. All the meaning and hopes that we had put into ourselves and into our lives and into improving this old dying world, there in Jesus' death and resurrection, come to their own end and death. For Jesus is making it very clear without even a word spoken that in his, resurre his resurrection is not a remodeling job. He hasn't come with hammers and chisels in order to make things look a little better. He's come to make a new creation, one where sin 
and death and pain and suffering vanish into the past and are remembered no more. He's pretty terrible as a remodeling carpenter, but he is pretty incredible as the new creation, the new life given to us. His death is the death of the old, and his life is the new life which we are being brought into. The problem with bringing meaning into the old world, bringing meaning into your old life, is that you are still stuck in life old, in life towards death. But in the resurrection of Christ, in his death, the whole structure of the old creation is coming to an end. Every power and ruler is being destroyed and placed under his feet. And the new life, the new life of his forgiveness and mercy is raising you to new life. The old meanings and philosophies are all fading into our memory as we hear and experience the risen Christ come to us. Beyond our perspectives, beyond our options, beyond our opinions, beyond our fictions, philosophies, and legends, we are taken up into the new life of Christ. For if for this old life only we have had hope, we are the most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ is raised from the dead, the first fruits of God, who comes to you, not to give you meaning and understanding, not in lots and various words, but simply in his empty tomb, coming to find you and give you the new life of God. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.